No, no, no. Apparently, oh. like, Hangouts are tapped back at 10 now. See, we lost really? our super capacity. Yeah. That was a secret, Google. though. We shouldn't put that in the podcast. Google! No, it wasn't. It's publicly not. Like, if you Google Google Hangouts 15 We need more people in a Hangouts. Did Michael not pay the Google bill? Did we forget to pay that bill? Somebody forget to pay the Google bill? Is that one of those things that we think video will solve? We don't think we know. Oh, video with a Y. Yeah. This is what confuses me. It's the worst name. It's make so confusing. Video ever. You're listening to podcast number 42 of the Stack Exchange podcast blog happening network. <laughs> guests today are Jay Hanlon, David Fullerton, and I'm your host, Joel Spolsky, with producer Alex. Hi. In the background. Who's playing the, the drops, the, the funny sounds that come on at certain times, like the applause and the... Are we really doing that? Let's not. So what's been going on, guys? So we, uh, we, we have one big thing to talk about, at least, where we made a change and generated some controversy. Wait, wait, let me see if I can guess. Hold on. We no longer display. Is that right? Is that right? Is that yeah, right? Am no, I you're right? right. You're we no right longer display your accept rate. That's right. We what just is, yes. decided to turn it off. Goodbye. Gone. Accept rate is the percentage of questions that you ask that you accepted an answer for. Yeah. But I actually didn't realize how old this was. I was looking back at it. That's a really old feature. It's, it's dated 2009. Huh. It's very early on in the site. They decided to add accept rate. To try to encourage people to accept. To try to encourage people to accept, right? Which makes makes perfect sense. People are not accepting. Let's show their accept rate and publicly shame them into right. accepting answers. Well, the real problem right now is that we have 9 million comments in the database of the form. I would love to answer your question, except your accept rate is rather low. Please consider accepting some other questions that you have asked, and yeah. then I will answer your question. And, and much meaner forms of that. Yeah. and Like, yeah. lol, 0% accept rate, try accepting some... Yes. Which, it's like a weird it's like a weird disconnected sort of type of it's like if someone kept you and said like excuse me can you give me directions you're like well have you donated to charity this year i need to understand more about the quality of person you are in a way that is before i can decide mostly to unrelated it. to this particular yeah. issue didn't somebody discover that it made no difference that people actually got their questions answered whether or not they had an accept rate and so all those mean comments in there that imply that you will not get your question answered are just from a minority of snarky people who are making a point it's really hard to separate because um People with 0% accept rates are generally asking crappy questions. Oh, so they don't get their uh, answers. So they, they don't get, get answers. answers. So it's hard to separate that from the noise. But you can look at the historical data and see that around the time when an accept rate was introduced, there was a, there was a jump in accept, uh, rates. in accept rates, and then it leveled off very quickly and stayed where exactly where it is right now. It sounds like a Waffles thing. Yeah, it was, he, he was involved in it. But he, this was way before he worked in the company, though. Mm. So it did, it did, have an, uh, uh, it did work, right? Or mm -hmm. it stated goal. It just had all these unintended consequences, and I think the biggest one is a is really a philosophical thing, which is that we we sort of said it was okay to judge whether I'm going to answer this question on something about the person who asked it rather than the question that they asked, mm -hmm. right? Right. And and that goes directly counter to this whole idea that yeah. by answering a question, you're not you're not just helping the person who asked it, you're helping a hundred other people who land on the question. Yeah, and the fact that on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog, and we really want you to be judged based on the quality of the questions that you ask and the quality of the answers that you write, not based on who you are. That's always been a sort of strong, we're, we are not a social network. This isn't Twitter where you follow celebrities. It's not YouTube where you watch teenagers from Britain, you know, eating cinnamon. Is that what you do on YouTube, Joel? <laughs> Lately, uh, I've done a lot of that, yes. Got it. 
that video site where teenagers <laughs> eat cinnamon. I think you're thinking of YouTube, um, <laughs> yes. But I, th yeah, I think there's one problem is that when you tell someone they have a percent rate of something and you are dealing mostly with sort of high performing people, what you get a sense of is, is there's a general perception that anything under an extraordinarily high number is unacceptable. So I think most people who function on our sites and really embrace them don't like numbers with a less than a 90% rate on something if you're mm -hmm. being assessed. And one challenge, well, we want people to come back and follow up and give the feedback that says, yes, you really helped me, right? And only the, yeah. the person who can yeah. accept, the original asker, can give that best feedback. Yeah, plus it's an extra five points. Yes, yes. But 15, the, good guess. There is a challenge. No, like, extra. In addition no, to the upvote. No, 15. Vote. You get 10 from the upvote, and then you get another 15 from oh, the Oh, you accept. get 25 total? 25. Well, if, yeah. although a lot of people forget to do both. Some people accept, and they forget to, and yeah. we digress. For but I, I have personally been cyberbullied. I think that I'm a good, I'm a good case for this. Uh, but on, I think it was on, I think it was asked different. One of the sites, someone, someone put a note like, you know, I asked a question. I think they actually answered. It wasn't one of these I refused to answer, but they said, you know, you might get more answers if you really upped your accept rate. It's not very good. Yeah. And so I went back and I went, oh, all right. I've been, uh, someone is telling me to do something on the internet instead of calling them names. I should just go do it and assume they have better judgment than I. But I actually did. I went through my questions and I accepted a couple. But the truth was I found a lot where I basically said, I have this problem. Can anyone help? A few people made good intentioned, slightly helpful suggestions. They were sort of workarounds that didn't didn't really get what I wanted, but yeah. were a lousy way to solve my problem if nothing better was produced. And I had upvoted them because they were helpful, but they weren't right. They weren't really. And I think what I was looking at going, there's three mediocre answers here. Accepting one is actually sending an unhelpful message to someone it is else. the wrong message. And so we want people What's to- that, What site was that on, by the way? Did you- did That you, was Apple, you mentioned... I think, asked different. Which is actually one of our friendlier sites. Um, That's actually, well, the reason I brought it up is there are sites that just seem to have a lot of trouble. Uh, if you went on the travel site, for example, yep. they, they have an awful lot of answered questions that just are not gonna solve the original asker's problem. You know, they may be useful, but they're sort of like, sometimes you just do not have a person that has the information that that guy needs. Right. And I, that I think, the asker needs. I think there's something kind of, there's something really cool in our system, which is to say that not every answer is, the answer that's most upvoted isn't always the best for every situation or the best at all. Mm -hmm. But what's cool about sort of the evolution of the accept function or the accept rate is the most, the combination of the sort of crowdsourced answer, the most upvotes, and the one that was actually tested successfully by the person who had this problem, one of those two is accurate so much of the time. So the accept mm -hmm. rate's doing something really good. We oh, want yeah, people to do it, yeah. but we want them to do it when they have decided that yes, this something is the right answer. The yeah. And so we don't want them doing it frivolously, which the accept rate can encourage well, a little if bit. if you've asked 15 questions, then you should you know, asymptotically approach a reasonable accept rate. It's really the people, well, one of the problems is that showing an accept rate for somebody who's asked two questions is always, so always like 50% accept no, no, rate. No, we already fixed that. Oh, we did? That's been in place for a while. Oh, okay. There's a minimum there before we show it. Back to, back to your point, Joel. I yeah. think that um, one of the things we don't want though generally, I struggle whenever there's questions about what someone's sort of intent is or who they are. Um, what we don't want is people we never really told anyone that you should be mean or not answer. We never said, don't treat these people differently. But when you start yeah. showing people a metric and you tell them it matters, oh, yeah. what we get is our users sort of extrapolate that to say, they've given us a way to determine who is a good who's citizen cool and, and a bad, bad citizen. Yeah. And some people take it so far as to say, I don't think you're doing enough of this one thing, so I'm not gonna perform this other basic function and answer your question. And as I think David, you pointed out, it's not hurting their ability to get answers. Most of the world is answering, but that negative feedback they're getting from someone saying, you're a bad person, so I won't help you here, is I think not, it's Completely not the tone unnecessary. It's not what we want. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it led to this bad behavior and we've known about it for a while and we've agonized over it on and off throughout the years. And so finally, last week, we decided to just shut it off and see what happened. 
And we shut it off. So we shut it off. Yeah. And it, many people uh, were supportive. All, weather plummeted in New York. So that happened. Yes, that that uh, was certainly related. <laughs> the well, It's still too early to tell what happens with accept rates because we really need to look at users who started using the site after accept rate was no longer shown. That's Do they true. learn I mean, how to could, accept? So it's going to be a few weeks before we really have an idea of We could make an argument that we've already having. educated a lot of the, the world of programmers about right. accepting. We got we to look at new users. That's fine. We don't know the results yet, so maybe we need to bring it back or bring something like it back. But the other interesting thing that, that happened was a post by Jeff Atwood, actually, suggesting that... Jamie Jeff, what? The accept rate was a good idea, but it was just a bad... It was flawed because it only looked at one metric. What we really need is a citizenship score that looks at a bunch of different metrics. Do you vote? Do you, you know, have you had your flags accepted? Are you accepting answers? This is actually a lot of badges. Are you doing, are you doing good things on the site? Are you generally a good citizen or not? Yeah. And so he, he proposed this. It got a, a, a lot of votes on Meta. Uh, so we thought we should discuss it. I think it's an, it's an interesting thing. The thing I think that was almost a side comment on that Meta post about the citizenship rate is that you don't actually probably want to just display a citizenship rate because then you get the same phenomenon of you're a bad citizen. I will not answer your question. But if you say display it, but only if you're in the top 10% of all citizens and Anywhere below that, you see it yourself, but it doesn't display to anybody else. Then it has that effect of saying, you know, nobody can taunt you for not being in the top 10% of all citizens, because you could be in the top 11% of all citizens, but just not in the top 10% of all citizens, and there is no reason to chastise you. Right. It's, no, it's no longer a grade. It's a sticker the top three kids get. Yeah. And so no one can be ridiculed, And people judged, will work or, for that. And right. they'll certainly see internally that there's this, you know, additional game that they could be playing where they could try to up their citizenship level until they get to asked, you know, until they get to the top 10% of all citizens. Right. So that would actually address the bullying aspects. It would address yeah. the sort of negative behavior where people are sort of withholding helpful knowledge because they're concerned about someone not hitting some metric. <laughs> Although one, one challenge we could still have, I think, I think that would actually work a lot better, is you still have sort of the unintended optimization consequences, which right. is some small set of people, including very high rep users, will grind out any, we see in the review queue, right, where you'll get people all of a sudden who are editing, you know, trivial edits all day long to get into that top 10%. Yeah. Um, they may be few enough of the overall people who are doing more good things that we don't care, but that's just fine because their edits won't really get in the way and most people are going to be positively incentivized. Yeah, there is always a problem with that kind of stuff. I think that's, like a major, that's a major flaw here. Yeah. Think back to flag weight. Yeah. I thought this was a good idea, right? We're going to have this, this mythical secret flag weight score that we'll show you. For every flag that you get accepted, it goes up. And for every flag that you get declined, it goes down. And that was it, really weird. People got very really weird, weird about grinding it out, and they would get yeah. mad when their flags were declined because it had a huge downward yeah, impact Yeah, the idea is you would it. flag, we, we wanted the community to flag spam for moderators' attention and that kind of stuff, and but we didn't, we wanted to disincentivize them from flagging things that were actually uh, completely innocuous, so we have this flag weight, which was supposed to be, it wasn't a good measure was part of the problem, it was, it was a sloppy measure, but it was supposed to be some kind of an indicator of how good you are at flagging things and how much the moderators agree with your flag flagginess. Yeah, it was sort of a, you know, yeah. there it was it was a weird metric, and that was part of the problem, but really you saw this weird grinded out behavior, right? Where people were just learning how to game that metric. Right. And that's a real problem. So I think anything you do around a citizenship score is going to have that problem, especially if it's competitive. Mm -hmm. As soon as you're saying it's only the top 10%, you're going to pretty quickly fill up that top 10% with people who care to grind it out and exclude people who well, don't care actually not, about playing that because game. Because top 10% is well, it depends how you to measure top 10%. The, yeah. the problem, as, as soon as you say top 10%, you mean everybody with more than a thousand rep. You get everybody who types on the site. Yeah. So, so top 10% is not a meaningful number. 
so that so that brings up my second issue with this, which is that why do we need a third number? We don't. So in your little user card, we show three Yay. we show three separate pieces of information that are supposed to indicate kind of how good a contributor you are on the site, right? We've got your Five. reputation. Yeah. And then we've got your badge scores, three which kinds of badges. three kinds of badges, but they all they all kind of go together, right? Your gold, yeah. silver, and bronze levels. And they're supposed to indicate cumulatively how good of a citizen you are. And yeah. it's a decent rough metric. You right? can also you can, get a you drop can look at it and you can tell the difference. That's just based on reputation. Yeah. You look at it and you can say, okay, if I see somebody with one rep, I know they're brand new. If I see somebody with a hundred thousand rep, they're probably a pretty good user. If you win an election, you get a diamond. There yeah. are exceptions to that, but I'm not convinced that you know, whatever other metric we come up with for is this a good citizen is going to be meaningfully better than just what we've already got, reputation and badges. There's going to be people who grind it and cheat anyway. Yeah. In either case, there's going to be exceptions. Yeah. But as a general rule, 90% of the time you see high rep, it means good citizen. Yeah. Well, I think actually, I'd actually argue, I'd argue that you're right, but you're focused on the wrong half. I think the badges are actually more of a proxy for citizenship than rep. So a user who basically does nothing but answer slightly rudely, but has awesome genius answers, who is like yeah. the John Nash of, you know, he's, he's a s social, socially difficult, doesn't yes. like to edit, doesn't care about that stuff, but wants That's, to um, share his knowledge. He, would you say he's narcissistic or maybe a little borderline? He's, uh, he's, I think that, I think he has diphtheria. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not, now I'm not a doctor. Glad this is a... Uh, I'm glad this is a man that you used in your hypothetical example. Who has can't be accused of sexism in any way. Is that a big issue when you accuse women of having dipped? I don't know what the theory <laughs> is. We digress. Um, I think the um, the reputation, there happens to be an association, I think, because people who get really into the site have high reputation. Well, does any, I'm sorry. Does anybody know? Could, do you ever look at a, somebody's badges and say, wow, that person seems to have a relatively a lot of badges for, for somebody of that reputation? Or is it all just a bunch of gobbledygook that you don't even... You don't look at it. The only thing I would ever look at is gold badges. You notice if there's a, you know, a 200 rep user with a gold badge. That's kind of strange. But really, yeah, yeah it's the rep is the score that you look at. I, it's very, I, it's very I agree with that to, point. Like, nobody knows how to look at the badges but I think and badges, parse that. Badges are the thing, I think, that's more correlated with what we're thinking of as citizenship. Of citizenship. Yes, right. they certainly, uh, they measure a wide variety of things that we think you should do and therefore cumulatively... Maybe we need a sort of starker way score. to display badges, something that... Signals to more people who are well, looking at it. I just don't think a lot of badges or a small number of badges. There's two sides to this. Are we trying to give a public signal to other people looking at you to indicate that you're a good citizen? Oh yeah, that's actually we're not. No. Or well, we, are we just trying to give you some some instructions when you're doing something wrong? Because I don't have a problem with something on the user profile or messages that are like, hey. You should probably right. vote more. You never vote on things. The, the only reason to make it public <laughs> is that things that are public and other people can observe are more reinforced. So we'd really, in a perfect world where we were sneakier people, we'd really like to only show people their own citizen score, but make them think everyone else could see it without actually showing it to everyone else. Well, sure. We there, there's do, so, there's something to the well. There's something to the idea of if you've really done everything on our list, right? So this could be like list of things that you should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, if you've done everything on that list, you want to show it off. So we, yeah, we, th that's the point at which I could see, all right, that's when you get the, you're a good citizen sticker. I just, I'm not convinced that putting it in the user card is going to be meaningful. The, the user card being the little box on the what bottom right everywhere. underneath the question or answer. You know, yeah. we should definitely, if we do go with some sort of like only our sort of elite art, I think there's, there's absolutely no doubt that we should call them first class citizens and just let <laughs> everyone else conclude what is implied about what they are. That's good. Yeah. First class citizen. I like it. <laughs> um, Two legs good. It, it's just four legs bad. The, um, there wasn't enough Orwell. <laughs> there wasn't enough Orwell last <laughs> week. Sorry, I feel like four legs. <laughs> some citizens are more equal than others. So so anyway, I think we've 
we can probably move on from this topic. But I do think there's some there's I have major concerns about adding any more numbers or scores to that little card we show everywhere. I don't think it's a bad idea. Certainly not a bad idea to poke you and say, hey, you should accept some answers. Hey, you should vote more. Hey, you should do this. Mm-hmm. But giving you one more number that you're going to show off just feels like more complexity. Yeah. We, we already have a system that's relatively fine-tuned for extracting the behavior that we want <laughs> from the people on the farm. Yeah, and I think and I think this brings us to some of the stuff we want to look at anyway. At least Share in my mind, I, I see this as sort Back of instructing... Farm. Instructing new users, right? New user new user comes, yeah. they post a question, they kind of get that, but there's a million other things they don't understand. And so this this falls under kind of a vague idea we've talked about of sort of just-in-time help of, yeah. uh, hey, you haven't posted, you haven't you're, you're doing questions. something a little bit wrong or you're not doing something you should. Why don't you go do it? It's we really don't we easy. Have pla- we do have places saying, hey, would you like to accept it? We do have we've reminders got a, to we've accept. Got, yeah, we've, well, we don't have the thing, we don't have the thing on the user profile anymore, which we should bring back. But we, we have the thing where if you upvote an answer and you didn't accept it. On your own post. Yeah, yeah. On, that, that, an answer you could have accepted. We're like, hey, did you yeah. know you could also accept this? Wait, is, isn't there a time minimum before you can? Yeah, have, well, that's part of the problem is that, that people, that people have to come back to come accept. Back. Right. So what we really need is when you ask your second question, there should be some sort of message being like, hey. Remember that question you asked? While you're waiting for answers, why don't you go look at this old question you <laughs> yeah. asked and accept one of the answers? Yeah. And after that, fill out your careers profile from Stack Overflow Careers 2.0. It's free. <laughs> Invitation only. Yes. Okay. Okay. Excellent. No more. So it's uh, anyway. To, I guess to kind of wrap that up, it's something we're still looking at. The, the The post is still open. You can still comment on it. You can give your you can give your thoughts. Shog wrote a, a, an interesting reply there. I think we're gonna wait. I want to wait and see a little more data about what effect removing this actually has on accept rates, and um, and go from there. Yeah, Kevin suggests that we use uh, rainbows and sparkles for people with high citizenship scores. Kevin's answer to everything is rainbows and sparkles. Hmm, not true. Yeah. I do like that at some point we decided that drop shadows were drop shadows. were a mark of no, seniority that was, on the wait, site. Wait, wait, wait. Do not get Jin started on drop shadows. <laughs> the drop shadows, we'll give him a chance because he's in the chat room. He may comment on the drop shadows. I thought that that was there as a signifier that, that there's something special so that you mouse over the uh, icon. We may want to, yeah. the, the background here is probably not. So when you have over 20,000 rep, 10,000 10, rep network-wide. Yeah. No. Network-wide? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, if your network-wide okay. rep is over 10,000, your avatar, I don't say your avatar anymore, your avatar has a sort yeah. of drop shadow, which both says, I am risen off the page and, and yes. wonderful and special, but also indicates <laughs> that you have like a pop-on, that if you hover on that avatar, we have granted the special a, power of being yeah. able to show the key aspects of their profile right there on the page without being yeah. clicked on. Yeah. Yeah. And you can sort of customize cool. what that says. Actually, surprised. You know, the only thing you can get, if you have a certain number of points on Hacker News, you can change the color of the nav bar at the top. Yes. I always loved that. It's the one, the oh, one like does it. vanity thing you can unlock. But then, but that but works. It, it works one because time. you look at somebody's monitor and you're like, whoa. The first time you, you see it, you're blue. like, why is your bar blue? Yeah. I haven't really ever seen orange, and then you find out that they're a member of the, the Joel Spolsky is a member of the elite club on Hacker, Hacker News, News that can customize their Should, bar. Yeah, see, I, I, what I did is I made a slightly different shade of orange. It is <laughs> barely slightly redder than the normal orange. I'm looking at it right now. Fascinating. <laughs> and then people just wonder if I might have, like, my screen is all screwed up. Ben's saying it's a thousand on one site, not network wide. Yeah, I don't think that network wide. I think you made that up. Did I? That Why would be I? the only thing we that do really that's based weird. on network wide. I would make up so many things before I made that up. That's, that's a really like strange. My worst. Well, I don't know. I, I don't really feel equipped to explore 
your psyche of why you would make that up. We need a psychology site to cover this? Probably. Okay, so, well, we don't need to talk about it. I always thought that was a little bit of a strange feature. I mean, the, the pop-up cards are nice, but it becomes a UX element that you never know whether it's going to be there, so you don't ever use it, in my experience. The fact that it's unreliably there means I never go looking for it. Um, but anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about new sites. Okay. Site, site milestones. Yeah. So we got a couple of good ones, I think, this week. So we have um, our, our Magneto site just went live, which obviously is dedicated to the <laughs> arch villain, the, yeah. the, the enemy of the X-Men. That's what I thought. Um, I think it's Magneto. We've been actually. talking about how it's... narrower topics are more effective. And so sci-fi has a lot of stuff going on. You can't really get a good Magneto I'm Wait, sorry. are you serious? No, I'm being told it's magenta. Magenta oh, is apparently a whole different I got, thing. I got like a little panda bear, and he's riding some kind of a, a green uh, toy. Joel is a that's how good we are. This is the first time in the company's history that Joel has hit a 404 page. And no, we got a panda lots of 404 page. It's a 404 page on Stack yeah, I've, I've seen that panda. I'm just telling you that that's what I got. What What is magenta, magento? The magento e-commerce platform that is really niche. Well, I actually went to their website, and it, it looks exactly like it. Like it could be a, I think, a made-up example website of what a B two B e-commerce company would would look like, like the generic template form of one. But I think they actually do a ton of. Um, my sense is it's sort of uh, like checkout and money processing kind of stuff. I'm not really sure, but they do a lot of kind of web startup companies. They do Warby Parker and. Anyway, it's kind of cool that we have a site that's about something we have no idea what it is. Why does it look like this? It went through the Area 51 process. It looks like every other beta site. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, it I went through confused. the Area 51 process. It got a bunch of people to commit to it. Uh, you know, the numbers looked good, so we created it, and we'll see if it flies. I was just going to look at the stats and the analytics here because it's only been here for a couple of days, but. It just entered public beta, I think, today. Yeah. No, uh, a couple of days. I think we just went public with ELL today, which will come to in a second. But um, yeah, Magento seems, for a brand new site with a niche audience, it seems active. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, I think it falls into, if one, one game I like to play is, I rank the sites by what's newest, but then I mm -hmm. look at the number of questions. Right. Just, you know, kind of scanning for who's- Questions per day, you mean? Uh, no, I'm looking at, well, in this case, I'm looking at total questions. So I'm ranking by newest. So I'm kind of intrigued by sort of who's got more questions in the distribution, the right? So, you know, yeah. you, get, you get the oldest sites usually have more questions. And what's interesting, a lot of the standouts kind of fit this model, which is they seem like a relatively narrow niche product, but it's one that people, you know, kind of use for their job or have like- Yeah, so, wait, the, so here you're trying to provoke my whole speech about how big a site well, should I, be. Well, like Expression Engine Answers yeah. um, has- We have a few of these now. Like four times yeah. the questions that the sites surrounding it do. We actually- Salesforce, we, same we thing. Probably we probably made a big mistake when we started thinking about Area 51 for a long time. We were distracted by the success of Stack Overflow, which was the exception that proves the rule, I guess. It's not really what an exception that proves the rule is. Yeah, I don't think those exist. Uh, they do. Wait. Okay. So this is, that's actually more interesting than what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to interrupt and we're going to talk about the exception that proves the rule. If, you see, if you're saying, hmm, I wonder if we're allowed to park here. You come to a parking space and you say, I wonder if we're allowed to park here. And you don't see a sign that says you're allowed to park here, you're not allowed to park here. What you see is a sign that says, no parking on Tuesday. Okay. So it's an exception. Okay. No parking okay. on Tuesday. Then you know that you're allowed to park on Wednesday. Okay. That okay. is an exception that proves the rule. No, I think no, I read an article yes. about that is this. The yes. That is the actual rule. No, yeah. The rule is no parking exactly. on all days except Tuesday. No, no. The rule says, it says no parking Tuesday. 
And that implies parking every other it day. It implies an exception to a rule that you can't see. Right. If they went to the trouble of telling you that you can't park on Tuesday, I think there was Tuesday, a whole, like... Then they, you must understand. one of those understand. sites that, like, writes articles about yeah. random user questions like this. Did a it's whole write-up of this, and they had it several is. explanations. Because I think there was also I'm one sure that Abby was, like... i find it and link to it in the show notes. Proves, it's like proves can also mean, in sort of older English, tests, right? Yeah. And so it's the exception that tests it, the rule is another... Uh, uh, yeah, but that, I like the one with... The, and that, also that proving is... Terrible, is uh, I like the one with the parking sign. But that is a... That uh, makes if you're making bread, then causing the, the dough to rise is called proving right. the dough. So the point of <laughs> this, the, the reason we got here is because Area 51, we may have been a little too strict we when we started. We kept thinking that Stack Overflow was super successful because we bundled together all the programmers in the world. And we got super big site for all programming questions. And in Area 51, we kept like shutting down the guitar people and the drum people and the drum majors and the drum majorettes because they were too narrow and saying, no, just go into the big old music site we're going to make because Stack Overflow was so now, successful. To be fair, the, the example you're talking one. about was we okay. created a guitar site. It didn't work very well, so we folded it into the music site. Um, okay, well, details, details. That's, that's, <laughs> that's actually the exception that proves Joel's rule. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> However. The exception which, that proves the rule is the, the thing that you're choosing to ignore. We did keep thinking that we wanted to have like one big gigantic biology site instead of, you know, something that's like actually a profession that somebody might use or care about. And what we discovered is that a lot of times, if you if a category is too big, there's just nobody that thinks that they're interested in that, even if that that is what they work in, that is their field. Well, yeah, we've always known there's a balancing act here. I do I do think maybe we maybe we erred too far on the side of big sites, big sites originally. Yeah. The little now sites we're seeing little sites really that work really themselves. well. Yeah, because it's easy to find those people, and they get super enthusiastic. They're like, "Wow, this is a whole awesome Q and A site just about." You know, unicorns. It's hard, though. I think it's hard. Like math's a good counterexample, right? Which is to say, like you wouldn't, if we were trying to figure out our best guess is math too big or too narrow. You'd never say too narrow, right? Maybe we should be in smaller subsets of math and the kind of niche topics we're talking about. Math, I think, is a site that's doing phenomenally well. Mm -hmm. Find it tagging itself into kind of what people are interested the way Stack Overflow does. Yeah. Um, And so it's it's challenging. I think it's hard. uh, There's probably a limited number of people that. They just incidentally hit 100,000 yes. questions this week. That's, That's insane. Yeah, we're, They are we're really the first math is non-trilogy hard. site to do so. Yeah. Congratulations, we, math. And that's not even count, counting math overflow. Not even counting. Another 22,000 on math overflow. Yeah. So put them together and there is biggest yeah. server fault, I think. There is. Are we allowed to say this? There is actually a process underway right now to convert the software that's running mathoverflow.net into the 2.0 format. Yeah, we're, we're talking with them. We're waiting Nothing for, is guaranteed. Yes, we're, we're waiting for some contracts to be signed. And Matt, I think it's interesting. It's, it's a real standout, the math site and the number of questions. So the math is getting, so Stack Overflow has this insane number. They're getting 7,000 questions a day, probably outside of the summer. Mm. Math gets uh, 300. But to put it in perspective, if you take out the trilogy sites and ask Ubuntu, the next biggest site after math is uh, LaTeX. Gets 50, LaTeX. LaTeX. I didn't say the X this time. Uh, gets 58 Mm-hmm. Uh, arcade gaming, one of our highest traffic sites, gets thirty-five questions a day. So math gets ten Wait. times base, almost as many questions. Oh, arcade! Yeah, I thought I thought we had a site for just arcade gaming. I thought that's that's pretty cool. Ar- arcade, sorry, it's <laughs> not arcade because there's Ar-quaid. no U. Uh, but it's like an extra niche we might, site for people. I think we that bought that domain niche. though, in case you type it with a U. We uh, did we finally? I don't know. I, we should because I go to that site every day and then I type in. Yeah. I just type there questions and no one ever answers them because we, we there's nothing. I just type in gaming and it auto completes. So, for so me. math is essentially you know. At, Almost as big as it, you know, it's it's smaller than Stack Overflow, but it's probably right in, ter- than in terms of questions per day. It's the largest, yeah, site other than Stack Overflow, yeah, which is impressive. I never would have predicted that. Part of it is that the math sites uh, they were the last things that remained on Usenet. <laughs> 
there were two math sites on Usenet, uh, one for research-type questions for math, which became mathoverflow.net, and one for not research, which became math.stackexchange, essentially. So those communities had, were actually just still using the worst software in the world for longer than anybody else. Logo? They hadn't found another home until Stack Exchange popped up. Logo? Logo's the turtle one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Logo. Um, but yeah, no, but so congratulations to Matt. I think the level of activity is, is just really awesome. Uh, the activity and the quality as well, right? Yep. I mean, it's a serious site. You look at it, and I don't understand 99% yeah. of the stuff on the homepage. Probably somebody tries to show up uh, once a day trying to prove that, that Pi is rational, but other than that. And, you know, it's also a site, I think, that has successfully managed, uh, you know, with, like, all larger communities, with, you know, the debates and the, the sort of growing pains, but has managed to span a very wide go from relatively, I don't say easy questions, but the difference between their hardest questions and sort of their easiest questions is enormous. Mm -hmm. they, they actually accept sort of most questions that seem to be not completely remedial yeah. um, without it sort of eliminating the expert's ability to hang around and have fun and, and continue to be challenged. So yeah. I, I think they're, they're a great example for sort of ways to manage topics where you're worried that helping train new people to become hardcore experts is going to be distracting I to think, the existing ones. I think the reason is the nature of mathematics, which is that you, like nobody, nobody who's doing math in any way, shape, or form, even if it's for a, like a college-level course, is truly a novice, right? Like just the fact that they're actually willing to sit through one class in math and ask their question about it already puts them in the top 0.003% of the world in terms of mathematical tolerance and aptitude. And so a great deal of difference is shown even to, even to people that have fairly simple questions. Whereas on Stack Overflow, by comparison, we have people that are terrible programmers who are utterly uninterested in being programmers, who have absolutely no innate capability of being programmers whatsoever, who are nevertheless somehow employed as programmers and attempting to do their jobs by typing the things that their boss told them to do into Stack Overflow. And so those people become fairly frustrating. Whereas that doesn't really happen. I guess. Eh, I'm sure it happens. That's, you have homework. That's what homework questions, homework questions is the equivalent on math. And yeah. that happens. And, and they've got a pretty it's good policy because, for yeah. dealing with it. I mean, it's a perennial problem that they struggle with. But yeah. They, 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 what they try to do they is they help. Sometimes they give you a they, hint. They say, have you looked at or did yeah. you try? Da, 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 da. And the trouble is that the person asking the question is almost always disappears by that, by that time. And math had some challenges, not challenges the wrong word, but they had some, I think, difficult, difficult questions being asked around where there were kind of public math contests that people were engaged in, whether for jobs or for internships and things. And there were, there were questions about what the community should do when it's discovered that people are posting these sort of contest questions on the site. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's challenges in any community, but that's one where the homework thing became sort of a, a larger, more ethical question almost. And that became a question right. of, do they want to get engaged in that? They want to figure out why someone posted something. But anyway, great, great milestone for them. Um, exception that proves the rule. That is, uh, I, the, I'd have to say, I can't believe yeah. I'm extending this conversation. The exception that proves the rule is something that's <laughs> something that somebody says when they've, yeah. when they've laid out a rule that has been demonstrated to be incorrect or not actually a rule. It's like a... That's true, but, the, but it's true that the exception that proves the rule doesn't make any sense because an exception doesn't actually prove a rule. For right, example, it's like what somebody says say, when their argument just got weaker. They go, "Aha!" Yes, the way the exception is, doesn't the make my point used, worse; it makes it better. Right, the yes. way it is used is you just Incorrect. gave me an argument. Right. You just gave me an right. example that doesn't fit. But my story was about like how did we ever get this expression in the English language if it's so obviously irrational? And I just told you. 
No, I told you. People are dumb. <laughs> that's the only conclusion. You told me. I, the, you told I do like Tuesday. I really like the way this 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 got revived. There was a moment I could see it in Jay's face where he was like, "I cannot let this slide. Somebody is wrong on the podcast. <laughs> I have to. I have to fix this. I just can't let this. Uh, apparently, you get the little drop shadow with a, a thousand rep. Yeah, we already went over that. So the other, we have one more site milestone that we wanted to cover. One more site, new site called yes. ELL. E-L-L yeah. English Language Learners. Yeah. .stackexchange.com just went into public beta today. Uh, I I don't really understand this site. Um, Me neither. It it kind of appeared. I'll go there and I'll tell you what I think. Why doesn't Jay explain to us what is going on here? Because it makes no sense to me. I did. I I actually spent a lot of time looking at this before the podcast, and I could not find any X-Men villain that this site seems to be about, so I have no idea. It's completely... I bet there's a a villain somewhere named L. That could be a name. There's a lot of questions. This site... Couple things that are worth. Uh, so one one thing I'd highlight is the site was there was some debate, and frankly, we internally suggested that they consider English as a second language as the name as opposed to English language learners. The community did not embrace it, and so yeah. as usual, particularly in the beta phase, you know, there could come a time where we really feel strongly that we you know want to push harder. But I think our view was they feel like this is a better way to define themselves. We should respect that and let them. But I think that ELL. The ELL confuses people a little bit because it's not quite as descriptive in what makes them different from ELU. Mm-hmm. In that what was happening on ELU, I think, was there were a lot of questions that were sort of people saying, I don't understand how this idiom works. And it wasn't like a complex idiom. It wasn't about the etymology. It was sort of like, you behave strangely here in America, and I don't quite know what this thing means. The community there that I think was wanted to be focused on higher level, harder, more complex questions for generally native English speakers, and particularly didn't want to deal with questions that were sort of about, is there a word for this? There is in my language kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was creating a conflict. And and my observation, actually, English is an interesting case. The, the close rate on English is, is incredibly high. And part of what seemed to be happening was, I think, as the questions became more foreign, simpler, and it frustrated some of the more veteran users on ELU, on the old English site, uh, English Language and Usage, it almost seemed like the tolerance for questions generally went down, or I said the bar went up. And so I think on English over time, sort of even kind of harder grammar questions have become less accepted as the harder core people got more frustrated with the really easy questions, which I think was culturally not great for them. Mm-hmm. And so on English, we've actually seen the closed and deletion rate on English overall is I think north of 50%, really, really, really high. So now they're just going to start migrating everything to English language learners. Well, I think there's, that's not happening now. There's been a lot of discussion around that, and I think it's actually been good, healthy discussion on both sides. That Are they even allowed to? Is there a migration path? Th- there's Not yet. It's too soon. It's being discouraged. And too soon. The notion, I think, here is new sites are still sort of, in some ways, somewhat undifferentiated cells. English language learners, we know what the core purpose of it is, but they're still in the process, and, and Robert on our community music does a great job, I think, working with the sites to help them sort of really define what are they about, what are they not about, what's on topic, what's off topic. And they know the core, but finding, uh, you start with sort of that heart, but then as you find the edges of what's allowed, right? The that's, exceptions approve the rule, so to speak. The, no, not, not, <laughs> not at all. I know what our podcast is going to be titled. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- that's happening now. And so we're really, this, the sites, I think, both correctly conclude they shouldn't be moving a lot of questions until the new site really defines itself. And also the number of questions right. is very large. And so I think most of the older ones will stay on ELU. Man, that would be like a gigantic migration if they just had to decide to go through and sort out every single question they've ever been asked to decide whether or yes. not it was a uh, learning I don't think question. Do yes. But no, they might they'll terrible. do it Please for new do questions. Yeah. I think this is this is really an interesting one. And and I don't I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to the These history. Are different but fields. it's really I mean, well, it's this is a big part of what ELU was created to do. Like if you go back E-L-U, and look at the area English language, yeah. the English language usage and usage. 
that was a big part. I mean, that's what a lot of people were committed to. It actually to got it. created because there's an enormous number of people right. who are. And that was, they were a huge part of the English community the from day one. They were a huge part of the community from day one, yeah. asking those questions. That was always a big part of the site. And then at some point, the site moved away from that. And now they get their own site. So it got I'm taken really, over by the America Firsters. I'm very interested to see what happens, whether these are really distinct sites that we can keep apart. I don't know what's going to happen. This is a, this is a thing that is new, and I don't know what where it's going to go. Kevin points out that we've forbidden old migrations. What does that mean? You can't migrate something. That oh, yeah, was... yeah, that's right. If, if a question is more than a, a certain age. amount of time, old, yeah, age, you can't migrate it. Because we had this problem where yeah. extremely old questions on Stack Overflow were getting like migrated to programmers because, well, they wouldn't really be on topic here anymore, so let's move them somewhere else. Yeah, there was a um, lot of that. Yeah. That which, was a, it, that was mean, a it was... great partition kind of scenario. 60 days is the limit. So after 60 days, you can't migrate a question anymore. We just added that a couple months ago. Can we move That's back the ones new. that got moved before the 60s? We probably could, but then it's just more pain. Yeah. So you mentioned the exception that proves the rule is the name for the podcast. Uh, I'm, wondering, I? I'm wondering if this podcast itself could be the exception that proves the rule. You mean that it's a terrible podcast and so it proves that we have awesome podcasts? I was maybe the other way, but <laughs> I like I like where you landed. Um, <laughs> not, not necessarily how I got there. One other site milestone is we, at long last, because oh, we're yeah. in this a while, have rolled out the full site design of our travel site, which has a very cool. Oh yeah, that uh, got stuck because of my, it was it was my fault apparently. <laughs> I was paying no attention whatsoever, and there was a proposal for a travel design site, and I said that it was cliched because it was the first proposal, like a whole bunch of luggage stickers or something. It was just it was like a very generic travel site. So what happened was. <laughs> We got a very nice design for the travel site. The whole community it liked it. It was beautiful. It. Joel hated it. It's not that I hated it so much as that I thought it made it look like some kind of a weird. Joel like, had strong opinions. Joel, Joel had strong opinions about it. Yeah. And basically, the the two sides just needed to spend some some time apart to to cool down <laughs> before even, we could get I a new design in. I would have. Before we could get a new design in that everybody liked. So I apologize to the it. people of travel that they had to wait so long. Yeah, the community was really split between people on one side who were Joel and people on the other side who were everyone else <laughs> No, on the first design. Did they, you so, know what? I bet you you guys didn't even change the design, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you just waited until I forgot no, what I didn't What like. we do now is we hand you the same exact thing. We go, what do, you, what do you think now? I think I made all the changes you discussed, but I'm not sure. And by the third time, the same document usually flies right That's through. True. It's might work. So, new design on travel. Yeah. Check it out. It's it's pretty. It's nice. It's got a nice logo. It's uh, got a new name. At some point, the name became Travel, Travel Answers. Answers. Travel Answers. Somewhere in the yeah, process of designing it's, it's sort it. sort of a name. So, travel.stackexchange.com. That's the thing that happened. That site, uh, we, that's got a lot of traffic. Although, it all appears to be the same person. No, two people. That site does have sort of a disproportionate number of very active users. We need some more people for the travel site. All right, everybody who's listening to this podcast. This is your duty when you finish this podcast. Go to travel.stackexchange.com and ask a question or answer a question. My fear has always been I don't feel like I'm enough of a traveler to ask a question there. Is that true? I don't really know enough about this site, but I feel like... You can ask a question I'm about going the subway to, in New I'm York. going to Brazil this summer. Yeah. But I feel like I would get in trouble if I asked a question about that. Like, there, you noob there, traveler. Tra travel, travel is pretty hard because there's such a huge class of questions, which are where should I stay in City X? that there's no good answer for, and we're certainly not going to find it. And there's, um, what are all the things that I should do while I'm in Mali? Not get caught up in a civil war. Yeah, maybe not Mali, <laughs> per se. Then there's, uh, like, not, none of those are, are really good for Stack Exchange. 
I always thought the, the the ideal question would be something like, how do I, you could ask, how do I get from point A to point B for any given A and B? Like, what's the best way to get to Bainbridge Island from I'm now going to go Park? ask a hundred questions. Yeah. But so could you, so you could say, you could say certainly what's, what's the cheapest way for me to get from LaGuardia to downtown Manhattan? For your situation, even you could describe your situation. Is that a, is that a reasonable question? Yeah, or which airport? Seems like, you know, right? like a lot of a lot of cities have multiple airports. You can say what are, what are my options? What are my options? No, that's a, that's that, a valid that's New a, York question. What are my options? There's like four options that every New Yorker knows. Uh, yeah, something we never that's got. A question that comes up all the time was all this. There's this site called Flyer. Probably Talk, already answered on the which slate. which is just full of conversations about like how to earn frequent flyer miles, spend frequent flyer miles, like. I got all these miles on American Express, mileage, membership rewards, and I want to fly United, but you can't transfer membership rewards to United. You can transfer them to ANA, which is in Star Alliance, and since it's in Star Alliance, maybe I can redeem the awards from an ANA for a United flight from New York to Rio de Janeiro. And I, and I do this. That's a, the that's a type of question that you would ask on Flyer Talk. Hmm. I can see why I would not be welcome there, because <laughs> I stopped paying yeah. attention after... <laughs> the first three words. I just grabbed the top voted questions on on travel. Yeah, and I am I am pleased and delighted to report um, the top question. And actually, Ben made a great point that we should, yeah, we should call out should call out names. And it. The top question asked by uh, Hippie Trail. Yeah, um, who's one of the more active users is, and he's trying to be clear. He's serious. So okay, we're all adults here. It starts with. So really, how on earth should I use a squat toilet? Is ah, the top I remember, voted? Question. I remember reading that question. That is, uh, we need a we need a newsletter. I, I we should get a newsletter that has. Questions. We do have a newsletter. Ah, I should subscribe to the travel newsletter. Hey, how do you subscribe to a newsletter? Hold on. Go to your user page. Seriously, that's the best way to subscribe to a newsletter. Yeah. Where is it? Where, well, where one, do I go now? It's one place. Click what? edit. Edit. Yeah. Are you serious? That's the only place you could find. No, if you actually use the site, you would see an ad periodically that says, "Hey, sign up for the newsletter, you fool." Okay. If you don't have ad blocker and you look in the sidebar. But if you need somewhere reliable, you go to the you go to edit your profile. Because it's where you enter your email address and we're like, hey, since you gave us your email, would you like to sign up for a newsletter? That is one of the things we're looking at as um, That was not intuitive. No, that's one of the things we are looking it's at. It's not the actual place you're supposed to go to sign up for the newsletter. In, you're um, supposed to see the ad. Yeah. Okay. Email communications as people sign up, et cetera. We will probably be incorporating um, at different points in the process, different things like that. What I should do, we ha I have this little query that I can pull up that tells me how many uh, newsletter subscribers we have, which is actually kind of surprisingly low. Wait, did this just drop? Did we lose a bunch is of subscribers? Is that a real page? Yeah. Does it still work? Did somebody just it, copy a screenshot of a query and put it on a page for you? <laughs> Joel, I can't help but notice the screen you're well, looking at. Well, like a number this week, number today. It's a piece of paper. It's it taped looks, on the wall. It looks plausible. And I... I think the drawing is in crayon. It's not so even balsamic. It's not an image. The newsletters. It's a table. We have big plans to take another pass at newsletters um, at some point. We should be having way more subscribers than this to our newsletters. Well, we should have way better newsletters than they're good. Our newsletters are good. Well, who said they're not good? Yeah, they're they're decent. They could be better. <sighs> Maybe it's the Quora newsletter I was thinking of. There's also StackExchange.com/newsletters where you can if you ever subscribe to, to all of the newsletters. This is, I guarantee you that 99.9% .9 of the people who have subscribed to something have got it because they saw the ad and they clicked on it, not because they yes. went into the three levels deep in yes. the settings page. The goal, we really, we, we, our, our main way of helping users discover the newsletters was we hoped they would be reading the newsletter and realize it existed. And it really, it, the plan was there were some flaws in it. Should we move on to the next topic? And do we have more topics? We, we, do running out of time. we do. Should we skip? Should we skip over? Should we? Joel, Joel really doesn't want to talk about closing. Should we come back to closing next week? Yeah, sure. it's so boring. We talked about closing like three weeks in a row. But now we're actually doing things. Have we done anything? 
Let's just announce it like as if it were straight news, no opinion, no conversation. Let's just hint at it, and then we'll not talk about it so people freak out. There's some <laughs> there's some major feature we're totally getting rid of. It isn't necessarily closing. We'll we've, come back and tell you what it is. We've changed next. some no, things. Just stay give me the, tuned. Give me, give me the headline and then stop. We're changing how duplicates work. Oh yeah, that's right. So we, you already know about this, but I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. Nah, I probably we have endlessly, but <laughs> and I forgot because you gave me that pill. <laughs> you wanted me. You thought that you just wanted me to forget that you had reused the travel design that I didn't like, and you were not trying to get me. <laughs> Like, we made all the changes. A whole six weeks we made, of memory. We made all the changes you wanted, Joel. And here's what we came up with for what we're changing about dupes. Yeah. Okay. So just to cut right to it, the main the main change we're making is that when you close a question as a duplicate, the thing that it's target. a duplicate of the target has to already be answered. Have an answer, right? Right. So and, and the the reason for that is we want to be right. able to say no, no reason. We'll talk about that next week. Okay, fine. Finish the reason. <laughs> we want to be able to say to the user, yeah. instead of saying, Closed. Ah, duplicate. Duplicate. You fool. We, what we don't want is the old, the old forums. Remember, remember the old forums when you used to go to them? And, the, and every single one, there'd be a sticky that said, search before asking your question. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're trying to avoid. But that's what duplicate feels like sometimes. It's <laughs> yeah. like, ah, oh, you idiot. But, this has right. already been asked. Sticky post. Please You've remember to use the search functionality, which in some of these forums you had to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. You could ask. There was at airliners.net. Like you actually had to pay if you wanted search because that was like that a part advanced of the feature. advanced premium feature, something like that. Enterprise <laughs> level. Um, but so I think before the experience tended to be, you have been shut down because you failed to find a question that was exactly like yours. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do, and then you would go there. Right, and it wouldn't even be answered. Right, you might go there, and actually, sometimes that was closed on occasion, <laughs> and then that would lead you to another question, which was not closed, which often right. had no answers, or yeah. answers that were all downvoted. Or it wasn't for you. Or it wasn't that similar. Or it was so or old that it was never going to get right. an answer. And so what we're trying to change that experience from sort of, hey, Demi, you didn't find this. It's been closed down as a result. Please don't make this mistake again. Yeah. To you lucky bastard. Right. Well, the new, the new. <laughs> you lucky bastard. Because you thought you were going to have to wait. Way to lose our G rating type. You thought on you were going to have to wait for somebody to type an answer to your question. But you lucky bastard, because we already have it for you. Somebody has already answered this very question and click this link and here it is. So yes. So it's a very positive thing. So now the sparkles. brackets, instead of saying closing, say you lucky bastard exclamation yeah. point. That's, we should A-B test <laughs> that and see if it performs no, So what better. happens, essentially the, the, the new experience, I would it, it's close, it actually is sort of close to you lucky bastard. The idea is to say, hey, it looks as though the answers you're looking for to this question already exist over here. Mm-hmm. And so the things that are going to help that happen. One is it now says duplicate instead of saying closed on yeah. right on the main page, kind of like migration. It just instead of saying you've been shut down, it's saying, hey, there's one over here. Yeah. And then the message back is essentially going to say that the answers you're looking for appear to be in this question. And to make sure that is likely to be true, aside from just trying to educate people, it's now going to, you're going to need to, when you're marking signs a duplicate, is the question you're referencing will have to point to a question that has useful answers, which is say answers that have been either upvoted or accepted, which raises some questions, obviously, about, well, what happens if the duplicate doesn't have that? And the answer then is, well, then we don't know which one is the duplicate. Because if the new question is better worded and that gets answers, then the old question should be pointed to the new one. Indeed. Um, we don't want to just refer to an old stale question that is not getting answered. Right. We should point out there's one right now and exactly one exception to this, which is if the same user posts the same question multiple times, you can close a question as a duplicate of yeah. a question by the same user, even if it doesn't have an answer. Well, then it doesn't say you lucky. Yeah. It says you stupid. <laughs> you stupid bastard. <laughs> 
We ha- and we just, have a new uh, podcast title. <laughs> you lucky bastard, here's a podcast. <laughs> I think, it, uh, so conceptually, I think this is important, right? To, so it changes it from, oh, so I know somebody already asked this. Let me go find that thing that they asked, right? To you now need to actually look at the answers and make sure, do, do these answers answer this question? Mm-hmm. And the user is perfectly legitimate to come back and say, hey, those answers don't answer my question because, to which we say, okay, now edit your question to, to explain why. That's right. We, we tell you specifically. And now, it, and now to yeah. fix that path, I think we already talked about this, it goes into the reopen queue so people can look at it and say, yes, you have made they, some changes. They, they edited it. Should it be reopened? And the message, which always had buried in there behind closed, you've been shut down, you did bad things. It did previously say sort of you can edit, but now it's much more explicit in saying if that question's answers don't help answer your question, please edit to explicitly explain what is different about so your wait, situation. Is this already, wait, this, this isn't already out. So no, not the, quite. But, but okay. probably by the time the podcast comes the, out. So this the, is minutes away. Showing it as duplicate is live now. Okay. It's been live for a couple a week or so. That's just wording. Yeah, so it was there, an easy change. Yeah, but the re- the rest of it is rolling out. The other change we're making, which is just a nice okay, so a nice that. new feature, is that when you're closing now, previously you just got this box you could type a question number into. And that yeah. was all you could type in there. Now yeah. you get a nice search interface where you can search for duplicates. Oh, sweet. We show you stuff. And you can search the whole internet now, so you can actually link to like dancing cat gifs instead as a duplicate. Yeah, that's not true. You search our uh, you search using our new Elasticsearch. David hasn't implemented a number of the things I Does asked for. Does it accept for. Unicode? What? Probably. Unicode. I don't know. Does it okay, accept so that's like closing. Code with a that's the that's the first closing change that's going out. In the can next you week search or so. by image? Oh <laughs> well, yes, but only you can, Joel. So just <laughs> upload whatever image you want to search by. Just put your face very close to your webcam. I don't know. That's you right. said it, it was a really good search, search button. It just uses your webcam. It's amazing. You've been listening to the Stack Exchange podcast number forty two. <laughs> We're done, right? We can sign uh, sign off. <laughs> bring sure. it home. Bring it home. We had more things to talk about, but we can wait. Really? We did. We always do. I, I was looking at, you told me there's a Trello board. Oh, yeah. Suggested edit audits? Yeah. Okay, next week. Next week. <laughs> that one's fun. You would like it. We should talk. Next week, we're going to be too busy talking about other exciting we guests. Things. We do have yeah, a we guest. have a guest. Can we talk about the guest? Or is that we keep that... Secret reveal. I think it's safe at I this point. I think we can talk about the guest. Has, have we, we have the Secret Service has to. President, can't the guest president Barack Obama. That's correct. No, not President Barack, but he does wear a red tie. And That's, why, does, be why does he wear a red tie? Because I told him to. What? Yeah. The President of the United States wears no. a red tie because Joel told him to. No, the person who's a podcast guest. I'm next confused. Time. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's who's a... coming on the podcast? <sighs> we'll tell you after we stop recording. <sighs> All right. So we're keeping it as, okay. It's Hawaiian Balladier Don Ho. Why are we being weird about this? It's Alexis Ohanian. But he might not show up because he half the time he's, bu- he's a busy Then we will guy. talk about how he didn't show up for the entire podcast. The, next week's podcast is about Alexis Ohanian. Reddit founder. How positive he is portrayed will be highly contingent on whether he is a participant or not. Next week, we will apologize to Alexis Ohanian and the internet at large. You've been listening to podcast 42 from the strategy. <laughs> 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 Find all the show notes on, on blog.stackexchange.com. They were written by Abby, who's sitting over there, and they're awesome. They'll have links to all kinds of things. Next week's uh, podcast will also be a podcast. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter. I'm at Spolsky with a Y. What? S. Um, you can, uh, what else? Any, no, anybody else want to promote something? No, we're good. Okay. Let's just say goodbye. Yeah, uh, I know. Bye. Bye.
We need something to promote. Maybe we can get a sponsor for our podcast, like Audible.com. Yeah. We talk about this. That's a great. That's an interesting idea. Has uh, does that just spontaneously occur to you just now? <laughs> what uh, does What does Audible do, and how good at it are they? Would I enjoy Audible.com? You, you would. So? You could get free books. Free book, but I already have a bookshelf full of books. What can Audible do that is different? Well, these are books that you can listen to in your car. You can. You read. mean while my hands are full? This is while interesting. Wait, how do I read them in my car? It sounds they're, dangerous. They're Audible. Yeah. It's a. What you get is a box. You a mean somebody else is driving? Tapes. Does it? Does the? Does Audible drive the car? Is this like that Google thing? You get a box full of cassette tapes. Cassette tapes. The cassette tapes are like the ones with like the the two wheels, and you and you spin them yeah, with your finger, exactly, exactly. and you hold it right to your ear, and you can hear a little noise coming out. Yeah, well, that, but that's not the actual sound that's recorded on the cassette tape. Oh, oh okay. Because yeah. I wondered, they all sounded the same. It's just kind of a weird <laughs> no, squeaky sound no, that didn't really sound like something music. Something called a cassette tape player. Oh, okay, or if okay. you're like a rich kid, you have a cassette tape recorder, which every recorder can play, but not every player can I'm record. Sorry, this is like a DVR. <laughs> I think the DVR is that thing Alexis Ohanian invented, right? This is like YouTube. <laughs> Oh, YouTube, that's that place where you go to watch British kids eat cinnamon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can have, Abby, can we have a link to British kids eating cinnamon in the show notes? It's it's uh it's uh, Jack's Gap. Can we please also Jack and, Jack and oh Finn God. Harry's Can we put a disclaimer about our, our lack of endorsement for such activities? <laughs> no, no, really, nothing bad will happen. Next week. On the Stack Exchange podcast, Alexis Ohanian will eat a spoonful of cinnamon <laughs> on YouTube while speaking with a British accent. Uh, Alex, I hope you're still recording because this is the part after we signed off as the real podcast. This is amazing. This part's going to be longer than the actual <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and strangely, not worse. <laughs> oh, you're so fired. <laughs> Wait, is Alex really fired? Only if it wasn't recording. <laughs> Only if we didn't record If this. we ever fire Alex, can we do it on air? Yeah, we need more like fa- Faces of Death style podcasts. Where, where we, t- we actually terminate Alex right on air. Uh, it could be a prize that some, that some listener wins. They get to fire Alex? <laughs> on air. I'm just going to point out, the value of this company has increased substantially since I was hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the time we decided that the key metric was traffic, and then yeah. traffic went up in January like it always does, and Waffles decided to take credit for it because he rolled out a feature. <laughs> He's like, in the absence of other information, I'm pretty sure that my feature is the reason our traffic went up. Uh, Going forward, everyone will be judged on how much they can increase the date. That's, That's pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. Pity laugh. <laughs> yeah, that joke bombing was the exception that proves. You see how lame that sounds, Joel? That's where that came from. <laughs> <laughs>